listening to Florida Songwriters Association Podcast. Your main source for music industry news, networking, and business education. Welcome to Florida Songwriters Association Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Lane, and my guest today is entertainment attorney Michael Epstein. We will discuss copyrights and music publishing. Michael is one of our board of directors and our legal counsel for Florida Songwriters Association. Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Steve. Thank you for having me. Um, Just a little bit about myself. So my background is in music performance. I started as a DJ, event promoter, uh, and musical artist. I have a lot of experience in event production. I ultimately, you know, evolved uh, and added the entertainment attorney uh, notch to my belt. And so now I work in the music space and entertainment spaces uh, pretty much internationally and uh, create an interesting mix of all those components to create the day to day. As you can see, Michael is very knowledgeable in the music industry. And Michael, let's get right into it and discuss why is it so important to copyright your songs? Absolutely. Well, the first thing that a songwriter or uh, you know a singer-songwriter would have to know is that as soon as you fix a original piece of work into a tangible medium, in other words, as soon as you're writing the lyrics down, as soon as you are um, you know programming the instrumental into a sound into an audio file, you already have what is called a common law copyright. You know, so as soon as you fix it into a tangible medium of expression it has some level of protection now the reason that we go ahead and we register our copyrights are for the purposes of defending our copyrights it makes it you know easier uh, to enforce your rights you're able to take it to court in this instance and also to put people on notice that you know if these songs uh, you know the compositions or the sound recordings are being utilized You know, your names are there or your name is there in the registry uh, to direct payment accordingly. Uh, So with that said, everybody should also know that there are two different copyrights in every piece of music. There is a copyright to the sound recording and there is a copyright to the composition. So every single piece of music has two pieces of intellectual property right and so what's the difference between these two copyrights all right well the composition the composer copyright uh is imagine it it's like a recipe these are the building blocks to the song these are the ingredients the music uh you know the beat the melody the lyrics this is like the recipe of how you bake the cake now how does that relate to the sound recording the sound recording is essentially the way that the artist puts these ingredients together to bake their own version of that cake you know so we take the recipe we do our version of it in the studio and out comes the sound recording those are the two copyrights in every piece of music now what if they want to know where to copyright their songs where should they go at the library of congress is that correct library of congress you can go ahead uh you know their website makes it very accessible And you can go ahead and register your copyrights there for different fees, depending on what it is that you are copywriting. Uh, You know, are you copywriting in a collection? Are you copywriting, writing just a single work? You know, and you can just take it from there, but it's pretty accessible and it's online. 
Uh, copyright.gov, I believe, is the site. After you copyright your songs with the Library of Congress, you will receive a copyright certificate? You will. The copyright registration does follow. Uh, and then you're pretty much ready. You know, you, you, you stow that away uh, in, into your records and you are ready to protect uh, your work if ever the need arises. It's now time to take a break for a song that was written and produced by Florida-owned Darwin Brascombe called Orlando Strong.
I would like to thank our sponsor, entertainment attorney Michael Epstein, for sponsoring Florida Songwriters Association Podcast Episode 2. You can contact Michael at mepsteinlaw at gmail.com or social media at djmix305. Listening to Florida Songwriters Association Podcast. Your main source for music industry news, networking, and business education. Welcome back. I'm your host, Steve Lane, and my guest today is entertainment attorney Michael Epstein. Michael, let's talk about mechanical royalty. A songwriter receives a mechanical royalty from a sale of a song on an album or a legal digital download. This rate is set by a copyright royalty board made up of three judges who meet every five years to set rates. The original mechanical royalty was established in 1909 and set at two cents. Today, the current rate is 9.1 cents, typically split with co-writers and publishers. Is that correct? That's exactly right. So, so just for some, you know, I always when we when we speak, I always love to zoom out um, because we never know uh, who's listening, and I always love to make our talks accessible to somebody at any level, right? So when we talk about mechanical royalties, let's demystify that. So first of all, we're talking about the composer copyright, and we are talking about the the fee that is paid to the writer in order to put that composition on a copy, on a on a uh, copy of a recording, whether that be a CD, whether that be a, a piece of vinyl, uh, you know, what have you. That's exactly what the mechanical uh, royalty is. So let's talk about performance royalty. A songwriter receives a performance royalty when their song is performed on a broadcast radio, in live performance venue, or online streaming services in the United States. Performance royalties are paid out through performing rights organizations as ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC, which are governed by the consent decree. Is that correct? 100%. Okay. So, guys, uh, to those who are listening, uh, we're, we're going to make it simple again. So, the performance royalty, how I want you to organize that into your mind is it fits under the composer copyright again, uh, at least initially, and we'll get to the exception, uh, and public performance essentially is when the song when the song the composition is played in any uh, setting that is larger than your living room in front of your family let's say so when you hear it uh, you know on the TV uh, use when you even when you play it in a live set when you hear it in an elevator when you hear it in the radio you know these things are called public performances now traditionally we have these royalties paid out by our PROs uh, for the, for the public performance of the composition only. However, there is a little bit of a cutout because we also have what is called a digital performance royalty. And essentially, at least in this country as it stands, uh, that is essentially a public performance royalty for the master recording on online various online formats. Thank you for explaining that to us, Michael. And now it's time to introduce the next song and the reason why I selected this song. With the COVID-19 pandemic and protesting for civil rights, we need a song for healing our country, and this song is called Prayer by Chanel Haynes. 
And we're here to finish our discussion on music publishing with entertainment attorney Michael Epstein. Michael, a songwriter may go years without receiving royalties. If they have a hit song, the federal government says that the songwriter must receive royalties immediately after they are collected. This means a songwriter might receive most of their income from a song in one calendar year, making that income subject to a high income tax bracket. Other creators, such as book authors, can negotiate the terms of their payments over several years of tax purposes. What do you think about that? 
Uh, yeah, I think that the, the royalties definitely come as the spins accumulate in this kind of a way. Uh, I definitely, you know, it, it, it should follow a natural stream uh, according to the usages of the copyright, but I don't see why any songwriter would want to defer their royalty payments either. You know, as, as independent musicians, uh, I think that's pretty much what we're talking to for the most part in this, copyright, uh, in this uh, lecture. Uh, I, you know, we all have mounting expenses. And so, you know, it's always important to have those revenue streams come freely. Thank you, Michael. I would like to announce our final song called Walking on Sunshine. Dream I'm living Oh, it's a journey every day I'm just trying to find my way I hear so many opinions About how I'm living Well, they can say what they want to say It's all good at the end of the day I don't let it take
it's your girl Cardi B. This, this is Jesse Drake, your number one, number one songwriters association podcast. I want to thank entertainment attorney Michael Epstein for being our guest today. And our next guest for episode three will be Miss Bernice Watson, president of the Artist Company International. We will discuss gospel goes classical, the brand. If you are an independent artist or songwriter that would like your songs played on Florida Songwriters Association podcast, please submit your songs to IndieSongs at flsw.org and thank you for listening to florida songwriters association podcast